Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steiler, and you are joining me today for episode 66 with Laurie Christine on teaching kids contentment. Did you ever teach a child in your life how to be discontent? How about yourself? Yeah, me neither. It's something we all just naturally experience. So where does this come from? What's the root of this evil? Laurie summarizes the origin of discontentment, gives some practical and fun ideas for teaching our kids contentment, and ends with stories and scriptures that will fill you up and leave you encouraged. Just a heads up, there are a lot of useful tools available to you that we reference in this episode, so you'll want to head on over to our website, bible2school.com. That's bible2school.com, and click on the resource tab to access our show notes. You'll find all the links to Lori's activities that she mentions in this spot. Please also consider sharing this episode with at least one friend. Today, your share will not only help spread the word about the You Can Tell the Children podcast, but also my friend Laurie Christine's podcast, which you'll hear us talk about. It's called Redeeming the Chaos. Your support means the world to the both of us. Ready to hear the secret to contentment? Lean in and enjoy my conversation with Laurie now. Hi, Laurie. It is so good to have you here with us today on the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Meredith. I am so excited to be here and I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. For those of you listening in, Laurie and I attend the same rather large church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, but it wasn't until recently that I discovered she has her very own podcast. She's a blogger and an author, so I'm just super excited she said yes to today's interview so you can glean from her words of wisdom and resources. So just a reminder, the goal here at our podcast, You Can Tell the Children, is to teach you that you can share Jesus in simple and fun ways with any child in your life. And as you'll soon find out, Laurie has some really practical and fun ideas to share with us today. So before I go on, Laurie, would you tell us a little about yourself and your family? Sure. My name is Laurie Christine. And Meredith, as you said, I'm an author. I have a podcast for Moms of Boys. And I also live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've been married to my husband for 14 years. And we have four boys of our own. They're ages 6 to 12. And our house is just a little wild and crazy and full of energy, but it's a lot of fun. So yeah, so my podcast is called Redeeming the Chaos, and it's a podcast for moms of boys who may just feel a little bit overwhelmed and frazzled by the challenge of raising boys. So if you're listening and you're a mom of boys, I invite you to come and listen and join me on the wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. Laurie, that's awesome. I am so excited that I got to find out about this podcast in my research. It is wonderful. And I know myself a lot of friends who would glean from that and would totally be able to get some wisdom out of that. And that's why you're here to transfer that wisdom onto our podcast. This is the perfect timing. 
This episode will be airing smack dab in the middle of that busy season, right before Thanksgiving and Christmas. So if you checked our show notes, I'm thrilled about today's topic, teaching kids contentment. There is no better time to talk about this than now. Wouldn't you say so, Laurie? Yes, absolutely. Leading up to Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, it's right now as we're recording, it's the first week in October and my kids are already making their Christmas list. They're already begging me to scroll through my Amazon account so they can pick out what they want for Christmas. And I'm like, guys, it's three months away. <laughs> Let's practice being content with what you have right now. So true. So true. And you know what? Honestly, this is a story my heart needs to hear just as much as I need to teach it to my kids. So yeah, let's just go ahead and dig in. First of all, Laurie, in your podcast, Redeeming the Chaos, you talk about where discontentment originates. Can you share with us your findings on that? Sure. So before we do that, I just want to maybe define contentment really quick, just so we're all on the same page. So contentment is being satisfied and fulfilled with what God has given you, where he has placed you and who he has created you to be. So it's not always wanting something bigger or better, but being satisfied with where you are and what, what God has given you. In the Bible, in Ecclesiastes 1.8, King Solomon wrote about contentment and he wrote that everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. Does that sound... Mm. Familiar. I'm sure you guys can can relate to that. I know I can. But this contentment did not start with King Solomon. It actually started way back in the Garden of Eden with the very first sin. So if you think about the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden, Eve was not content. She was not satisfied with what God had given her. God had given her and Adam access to all the fruits in the garden, any fruit they wanted. And, the, and they said, well, you know, that's not enough. We want more. We want something else. Satan tricked them into believing that God was holding out on them, that God had something that he wasn't giving them. And they didn't trust God. They didn't trust that God was good and that he knew what was best for them. And then they ended up giving into that temptation and sinning. And so it's really interesting that the root of the very first sin can be traced to discontentment with God's provision and with God's goodness. Mm, wow, that is so good. And not trusting. I like how you said that. Wow, that is good. So kind of what I hear you saying too is discontentment, not necessarily a stuff issue. Is that right? It's more of a faith or heart issue? Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. You know, stuff is neutral. We think about teaching our kids contentment and we think, oh, well, they just need less stuff and then they'll be content. But that's not necessarily the case. Stuff is neutral um, and it's our attitude towards stuff or lack thereof that, that gets us into trouble. I think in our consumer-minded society, Amazon, you know, like we would like to blame Amazon for our discontentment, but the, the root of it is that we don't trust God. We don't believe that he is good. We don't believe that he is enough for mm. us. We fall victim to the same lie that Satan tricked Adam and Eve that God is holding out on us and he doesn't want what's best for us. And so we're, we're dissatisfied and we want something else and we're not, we're not finding our fulfillment in God. And we, if, if we don't seek our fulfillment in God, then we're never going to be satisfied no matter how much stuff we have or how little stuff we have. Oh, that's so good. You also tell a story that I think would fit in great here from scripture about a broken cistern. And you tie it so beautifully to discontentment and then also our children. Can you share that a little bit with us now? Sure. Yeah. In the book of Jeremiah, 
the people of Israel had turned away from God and they were worshiping idols. They were worshiping false gods that did not satisfy them. And Jeremiah compares them to broken cisterns. And a cistern was like a large stone basin that they would use for storing water. He compared them to a cracked cistern. And if the cistern has cracks, then it can't hold water. And no matter how much water you pour into it, it will never be filled. It will never be full and it will always leak out the bottom. So Jeremiah compared our hearts to that broken sister. And he said, my people have done two evil things. Actually, this is God speaking through Jeremiah. My people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. So when we are trying to satisfy our hearts, to fill our hearts with something other than God, it's like trying to fill a cistern that has cracks in it and we will never be satisfied or content as the verse said, that they had abandoned the fountain of living water. They had abandoned God. And if we want to be full, if we want to be content, then we need to be filled from the fountain of living water. Amen. That's amazing. It just makes me think of the Samaritan woman at the well and how often Jesus refers to himself as living water. He does it there too, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And why would we choose something that isn't living water to satisfy? But I do it. We all do it all the time. And, you know, um, even the coined phrase, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. I mean, it's so true, right? That all of us are seeking to fulfill something. That is so good. And I, I, you know, I didn't often think of that story in Jeremiah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, the broken cistern. I love that. And it also reminds us, again, it's a faith issue, a heart issue, more so than a discontented stuff issue. But I don't want to leave people here discouraged by this because there is hope. There's hope for us as parents, as caregivers. We can teach the children in our lives and ourselves how to be content, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, There is a verse in Philippians 4.11, and Paul is speaking, and he says, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So I love that verse. It tells us the secret of being content. You know, like you want to know how to be content? Right here in this verse, Paul says, I know how to live with nothing or with everything. So it's not the stuff. It's not the stuff that he has. It's his heart and it's his attitude. And he says the secret to living in every situation, listen to this last part. He says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I'm sure you guys have heard that verse before. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, like that's everyone's life verse. But I feel like so many times it's taken out of context. I think that we can claim Christ's strength in many situations. But when you look at this context, it's talking about contentment. It's talking about I can do everything and that everything is being content in any situation. I can be content if I have a full stomach or empty, if I have plenty to live on or if I have nothing to live on. I can be content through Christ who gives me strength. So that is the secret to being content, to focus on Christ, being filled with Christ and allowing him to heal those cracks in our broken Mm. cisterns. Wow, Laurie, thank you. That is so good. You know, context is key. (laughs) Let me tell you about that verse. When I was in middle school and high school, I ran cross country and we would use that verse for running. Oh, (laughs) for sure. Through Christ who strengthens me, I can run this race. I can do one more mile. And while it's good meaning, it's well-meaning, It's not contextually precise. (laughs) And the truth is, how much more powerful is it 
to know if we can live our lives fully relying on Christ, that, like you said, is the secret to contentment. He will fill all our holes. So it's good to understand the context there that Paul's speaking of. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I think that we can use that about like, well, what can we do? We can teach our kids. Is this something that our kids can learn? Or is it just something that, well, some kids are grateful, some aren't. Is it something that can can be learned? And yes, right there in that verse in Philippians 4, Paul said, I have learned Mm. to be content. Like it's something that he learned and it's something that we can teach to our children. Oh, that is so good. You're so right. Can you give me some of your ideas though, like practical hands-on ideas on how we can teach contentment well in our homes? Absolutely. So Leading up to Thanksgiving here, I think this is a great topic because I believe that the cure for discontentment is thankfulness. When we focus on the greatness of God, when we focus on his blessings, on his goodness, when we learn about his character, then we know we learn to trust him. And then there's no room for that discontentment in our hearts. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Does God still forgive us? One of my favorite memory verses at Bible to School is from Hebrews 13, 8, which reads, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our children can be assured that the God who forgave Jonah and gave him a second chance is the same God today who will forgive us and give us a second chance. What a comfort it is to know that in the middle of a change or uncertainty is our God who always keeps his promises. So I have some super practical ways that I think that you guys will love to be able to teach your kids how to be content. So they fall under the categories of praying for gratitude, modeling gratitude, practicing gratitude, and experiencing gratitude. So the first one, pray for gratitude. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says that we should always be joyful, never stop praying, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if it is God's will for us to be thankful, then we can pray for that. We can pray according to God's will and he will hear us and he will answer us. So I think number one, pray that God will give your kids a heart of gratitude. Secondly, model gratitude. As parents and caregivers, our hearts need to be in the right place. You know, if our kids are always seeing us grumbling and complaining and always wanting something more and always wanting something better and not being content in our own hearts, then it's going to rub off on them as well. So I think by God's grace, we can, as adults, learn to be content, as we said, like through his word, by clinging to Jesus, focusing on his word, meditating and reflecting on God's goodness in our own lives, and then trusting the Holy Spirit to change our hearts. Philippians 2.13 says that God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So we can ask God to help us and ask God to give us that desire. Give me a desire to be thankful, to be content. Help me to be content. Because as we said before in Philippians, you can do all things through Christ. And he's talking about being content. You can absolutely make that change in your your lives and, and ask God to help you in that area. And then the third category would be to practice gratitude. And this is where it gets really practical. I just have a couple activities that you can do in your home leading up to Thanksgiving, leading up to Christmas. You know, we don't have to just be thankful in November. We can be thankful (laughs) all year round. I think it's a great practice, but because, you know, we typically tend to talk about thankfulness around Thanksgiving, these might be some fun activities that you could do with your family. 
One is just very simple memorizing Bible verses together that talk about thankfulness. I have a bunch of a bunch of these resources are on my website. And if you go to lariechristine.com slash thankful, all of these activities are listed there. So you can find them. I'm just going to briefly summarize a couple of them for you. Another one is a thankful jar where everyone in the family writes or draws something that they're thankful for each day throughout the month of November, puts it on a little piece of paper, puts the paper in the jar. And then on Thanksgiving day, take out all the papers and sit around the table and read them together. And then just take some time to thank God for his blessings in your life. A similar idea would be a thankfulness journal where at dinner each evening, you can go around the table and everyone can share something that they're thankful for. And then mom or dad can make a list in the journal. And then that could be something that you take out each year in November and then just keep adding to it, like keep a running record of God's blessings and God's faithfulness from year to year. Again, similar to some of these other ones, the thankfulness jar, this would be a thankfulness banner where instead of putting the little piece of the paper in a jar, you can hang them across like a ribbon or a piece of string and clothespin them to the string. And then you can see them displayed in your home and everyone can remember God's faithfulness. Another activity is rocks of remembrance. There's a story in Joshua 4 where Joshua had just led the Israelites across the Jordan River on dry ground. And then he set up a pillar of stones to remind the people of God's faithfulness. So for this activity, you would need some smooth stones or pebbles, and then you can allow the kids to decorate the stones with, I love using nail polish. It's a, it's really fun to decorate, to paint rocks with nail polish or temper paint or whatever. And then encourage your kids to share ways that they remember God being faithful to your family. And you can take a minute to thank God for how he answered a prayer or provided it for your family. And then you can put the stones in a special place that will remind you throughout the month of God's faithfulness. I've got a couple other activities on my website that you're welcome to check out, but those are just a few of the the really practical ones that you can do right away with your family. And then lastly, uh, experiencing gratitude. We talked about our culture being one of immediate gratification. Our kids want something, they see it and they can get it right away. You know, you order something on Amazon. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. You know, if something takes longer than two days, to show up on my porch step, I'm impatient. And I'm like, yep. well, why can't I need it now? So our society is, you know, just caters to that, to that immediate gratification. So I think that we can help our kids to develop a heart of gratitude instead of this attitude of entitlement. I think this, um, the immediate gratification often trains our kids to be entitled. Like, well, I deserve this right away. I need this right now. So just a few quick ideas to help your kids experience thankfulness practice delayed gratification, you know, on purpose. Maybe they want to purchase a specific toy or a game, even if they have money, even if they have their own money. A lot of times my kids are like, well, I have the money. Can I just order it on Amazon and it'll come tomorrow? And I have to say, you know, we're not going to do that today. We're just going to wait. You know, it's okay. That's okay. We don't, we don't have to have everything right away when we want it. So delaying gratification, I think encouraging your kids to earn money in order to purchase something that they want is really beneficial. Working hard towards a goal can help them to build character, to build patience. And then they, I think that they will experience gratitude in the end Mm -hmm. because they have experienced like the work that goes into working towards that goal. And then another thing that I think is a little bit countercultural is saying no to our kids more often. You know, if your kid has a hard time, if your son or your daughter has a hard time when you tell them, no, you can't have that right now, or no, we're not going to do that right now. 
you might need to say no more often so that they can learn to accept no as an answer so that they can learn to live within the limits that are set for them. You know, we all have to do that. We all have to live within the limits of our job, of the traffic laws, of the laws of our government. You know, it's just part of life and our kids need to learn that too. So I think that's okay to say no to your kids and they might not be happy about it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) They might throw a fit. They might throw a tantrum and that's okay because our job is not to make them happy but to help them become more Christ-like and build character in their hearts that will help them to grow to be more like Christ. So, and then the, the last thing, the last tip for experiencing gratitude, I think is to learn about or visit cultures and people who maybe don't have as much stuff as you do, who don't yeah. live as well off as you do. Seeing or experiencing poverty firsthand, whether it's locally or a missions trip, or even just reading books or watching National Geographic videos, like any of those things, I think just giving your kids a a glimpse of other cultures and seeing like there's kids that don't have running water in their house. There's kids that don't, can't just order stuff on Amazon, like helping them to understand what they do have and being, and being thankful for that. So I know that was a lot. Um, and like I said, all of this stuff you can find on my website, lauriechristine.com slash thankful. And there are a lot of great tips and resources for you guys there. Oh, wow. Laurie, thank you so much. I mean, that is a wealth of information. I'm so glad you gave us a resource to go to so we can go back and look and find. But my favorite thing is first, you said the cure for discontentment is gratefulness. And then you don't just leave us there. You give us practical ideas. So I'm just going to rewind and remind all our listeners that we can pray, model, practice gratitude, and experience it. So four main ways with lots of great ideas. I'm going to have to take a vote in my household what we're going to do for this Thanksgiving. <laughs> if we're going to do the banner or the rocks of remembrance. I'm not sure, but I, I love these ideas and I'm definitely going to um, start one of them as a tradition in my home. And I just love too with gratefulness is remembrance. It makes me think of the Israelites over and over and over again. How did they come back to the Lord? Well, usually it was a a big, long summary of remembering what the Lord just brought them through and somebody reminding them of that. So (laughs) we get to be that for our children. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Lori, I just love for our listeners to hear a summary of the short story you wrote that speaks to thankfulness. I believe the main character's name was Ephraim. Yeah. And you can find this on my website too, that you can download. It's just a free short story that you can use with your kids to help them learn about thankfulness and contentment. The story is called Grumbling in the Desert, and it just takes place after Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt, and they're now wandering in the desert. And it's a story about little boy, 10-year-old Ephraim and his family, and they've been traveling in the desert for weeks. And he is just sick and tired of eating manna every day. And his mom reminds him of all of the ways that God has blessed their family and taken care of them. And then in the end, Ephraim realizes the importance of being content with what God has given them. You're welcome to find that. It's also on that page, uh, lauriechristine.com slash thankfulness. So you're welcome to download your own free copy of that. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Finally, you have a really neat teaching on the mustard seed, which I'll also include a link in the show notes today. So everything Laurie's saying, you can also find on our Bible to School show notes available to you. So you'll get there one way or the other. But I just really loved uh, the mustard seed story. As parents, caregivers, Sunday school teachers, we're all constantly planting seeds of thankfulness 
but oftentimes we aren't seeing much of a harvest. So how would you encourage our hearts today to keep on keeping on? And you can go ahead, tie in your your story with that. Sure. So if you've read the story of the mustard seed, Jesus tells a parable about the mustard seed and how it's something very tiny, but then it grows into something very large. And he compares that to the kingdom of God and how when we plant a seed in the hearts of our kids, when we plant a seed of the gospel or seed of thankfulness, it kind of just takes root and turns into something that we never expected. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active. And when we plant the word of God into the hearts of our children, it takes on a life of its own. And God is the one that makes the seed grow. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 3.6 that says, we are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. It's Paul speaking. He says, we are God's servants. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. So moms and dads, grandparents, caregivers who are listening and you're feeling discouraged, like I have been trying to teach my kids to be thankful for years and they're just not getting it. They're still discontent. Mm. Don't give up. You're planting those little seeds and your job is to plant the seeds. Your job is to water those seeds and to encourage them. But ultimately it's God who makes the seed grow. And ultimately God is the one who can change the hearts of our kids. Amen. And thank you, Lord, for that. Because you know what? That just really takes a big pressure off my shoulders right there. It really does. Absolutely. (laughs) Just one step at a time. Again, trusting that God is good and that his plans for us are good. And he loves our children even more than we do, which is so hard to imagine. But we can trust him and trust in that. So Lori, thank you so much. This has encouraged my heart. I know it will encourage many of our listeners' hearts. Real quick before we leave today, how can we find out more about you? I also heard there's like a new book devotional you're releasing soon. So tell us a little about that. Sure. Uh, So you can find me on my website, lauriechristine.com. And you can also find me at my podcast website, which is redeemingthechaos.com. So if you're listening and you have boys at home, please go check that out. Check out the podcast. And then all of the the information from today will be at that that link I I mentioned, lauriechristine.com slash thankful. And yes, Meredith, I do have a new devotional Bible story coming out very soon. So far, all of the resources on my website are free. That will not be the case forever, but right now they are all free for you to download. So I'm really excited about this new story that I have for you guys. And it is specifically for middle grade boys. So if you have boys ages 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, even maybe 13, this is for them. And it's called Rise of the Enemy. It is the first book in my Dragon Slayer Bible stories, and there will be many more to come. So you can find that at dragonslayerbible.com, but there will also be links on like on my main website as well. Awesome. That is exciting. And I have uh, two kids that fall in that age bracket, so I will be sure to check it out. Lori, I'm so encouraged by your words today. You've inspired me to put into practice some of your activities on gratefulness. So thank you for that. Would you please bless us by closing our time together in prayer? Sure, I'd be happy to. Lord, we know that you are the one who has the power to change the hearts of our kids. God, help us to be faithful to teach them and to instruct them about you and to model thankfulness. But Lord, ultimately, we leave them in your hands and we trust that you are working in their hearts. God, as we enter this busy season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, I pray that we will take time to remember your goodness to us. I pray that you would fill our hearts with gratitude and that we would find contentment and satisfaction in you alone. Amen. Amen. If we want to be content, 
we need to be filled from the fountain of living water. Had you ever zeroed in on that broken cistern story from the book of Jeremiah? I had not, and this just spoke so powerfully to my heart. What about you? Did you ever think that the secret to contentment is found in focusing on being filled with Christ? And then to allow Him to heal those cracks in our broken cisterns? Laurie's practical steps toward contentment start with gratitude. To help your family practice this, head on over to our show notes at our website, bibletoschool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. And click on the resources tab where you'll find a direct link to Laurie's thankful resources. Also, don't forget to share this episode with a friend. This month is the perfect time to start that conversation on contentment with everyone in our lives. Lastly, check in with us next week when Corey and Lee chat about generosity. Until then, be encouraged. You can tell the children that filling up on Jesus is the answer to contentment.